Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. I'm here today with Greg Schweitzer. Greg Schweitzer comes to us by my very, very good friend, Amy Mozapapa. This is her father-in-law. And she introduced me as a result of a Facebook post for the Himalayan Salt Cave here in Boyertown, because Greg was invited there to do some stress reduction workshop, lecture. Welcome to the Be Inspired podcast, Greg. You have been telling me over the past 20 minutes a fascinating story about how you got into the stress reduction meditation business. But before we go any farther, say hello to our audience. Well, thank you, Jane. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it's been an interesting journey. You graduated from Drexel with an engineering degree. Right. Did you ever, I mean, my brother is an electrical engineer. What part of the engineering field did you uh, first get into or study? Yeah, actually, you know, my degree is in commerce and engineering, which is a business. It's the business portion. Business and engineering combined. Okay. In in one degree. And so when I graduated, I became, well, I not immediately, but I, I went into industrial engineering. Okay. An industrial engineer is the person who tries to help a business become more efficient. Okay. So I was the guy with a stopwatch timing people. <laughs> I, I say today that I created stress. Uh, yes, you probably did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A stopwatch will do You're that right. <laughs> when you are at work. Yeah. So you did that, but were not happy? No, I, no, I was not happy uh, I was not happy as an engineer, you know, in my engineering work. Okay. Yeah. Every day I would leave work thinking, is this why I went to college to do this? No kid. How long did you? Well, I was an engineer for about two to three years. Okay. Yeah. Well, something must have happened. Yeah. Well, what happened was I was married at the time. I got married right after college and my wife died. Three years, oh my. three years later, and uh, you know, and of course, we were both in our twenties, so it was a very unsettling time, to say the least. To say the least, in my life, uh, the, my work was unsatisfying, and now my my wife dies, and I didn't know what was I was going to do next, 
And a, one evening, a friend of mine invited me to uh, come with him to a lecture that was being given about meditation. And your friend was a meditation person? He was not, he wasn't meditating at the time, but he was interested in yoga and the, Kabbalah, those, the Kabbalah, which is ancient. All those woo-woo things. All those, and quote, woo-woo things that I knew nothing about. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. Yeah. But being unhappy at this particular point, well, maybe I should step back just a moment. And sure. when, I, when I was at Drexel in like my last year, there was a poster on campus about a meditation introduction okay. that, that was being given. And I kn- didn't know anything about meditation, but I knew that the Beatles meditated. With the Maharishi... Mahara- Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. There you go. In 1968, the Beatles left... At the height of their popularity, they went to India to study meditation. Okay. And people like myself, college age people who you know were enamored by the Beatles, I was saying, what in the world? People were saying, what in the world are the Beatles doing in India? What is meditation? Yeah. So I went to an introduction class. It was interest at Drexel. It was interesting, but it went in one ear and out the other because I was thinking about graduation. I was thinking right. about getting married. Right. I was thinking about the Vietnam War that I was going to be eligible for oh, in, the, in the draft after I graduated. So I wasn't thinking about learning to meditate. Right. Yeah, it was interesting, but... But life happened. Life happens. There you go. Yeah. But your friend invited you. So, yeah, so like four years later, there I am, you know, after, you know, the death. And, and the trauma. And, and, the tra- and the work, dissatisfaction. And I said to a friend of mine, let's go, to, let's go out tonight. This is after work. And he said, I'm working tonight. He said, somebody's coming in to give a lecture about meditation mm-hmm. at the community hall. Mm-hmm. And he said, you might enjoy this. So I went. Yeah. And I decided to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. But uh, you had mentioned in our conversation that you got involved with the same um, group, shall we say, a type of meditation called Transcendental Meditation that the Beatles were mm-hmm. involved in. Right. <clears throat> and learned to do that. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Interestingly enough, as you and I were talking... I learned Transcendental Meditation when I was taking my master's degree in Colorado. um, One of my professors had all of us in her class choose to do a particular project. And I proposed to her, I said, what about if I take the course on Transcendental Meditation? Because one of my dear friends in Colorado had taken the course and he just loved it. And so I said, what if I do that and I'll keep a journal and that'll be my project. And happily, my professor, and I'm going to mention her name, Marie Worsing was her name, just loved her as my professor. And I want the universe just to give her a hug somewhere, wherever she happens to be. But she agreed that that could be my project. And I learned Transcendental Meditation probably about 1972, probably about the same time that you were practicing or learning to do that in Boston. Is that right? No, actually, I learned right in, in Reading. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, Reading. And I learned in 1974. Okay, very yeah. good. Very so, good. Yeah. Very good. So um, in learning TM, mm -hmm. then you went on to teach TM? Yeah, I taught TM for 17 years. I, after I was meditating for two years, I took a long training program and became a teacher. Okay, very good. And I taught for that organization for 17 years, but a lot of things happened and I decided after 17 years it was time to Make move on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Deepak Chopra, who I was, had been working with, he moved on as well. So I so wasn't the only one. you were working with him? Yeah, I was, uh, I was working at the Maharishi Ayurveda Health Center in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. And there's an article that, um, that you shared with me in which you and your wife, Karen, were um, with George Harrison. Right. From the Beatles. The Beatles. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was especially cool because what got me interested in meditation was the fact that the Beatles... Yes, were doing TM. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so, uh, so yeah, many years later, mm -hmm. there I am. I'm at the health center. I was the director of guest services. Mm -hmm. Everybody who came to that treatment center was called a guest. Gotcha. Not a patient. They were a guest. They were a guest. Yeah. It was like an upscale spa. Yeah. And I was also teaching meditation mm -hmm. there, teaching TM. Yep. And so George Harrison came and he wanted to sit in on meditation as a training, mm -hmm. a refresher. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, he was there for the re a refresher. Right. And I was teaching. Yeah. Did you get to know him at all? Yes. Do you have any stories to share? Oh, I've got a great story. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> one evening, uh, you know, he was there for a week or two of treatment programs. And one evening while he was there, he was walking down the staircase. And I was going through the building, just locking up, making yes, sure yeah. the place was secure. And he goes walking and he has, he's holding something in his arms. It like, looks like a musical instrument, but okay. I didn't know what it was. I said, George, what's that? And he said, it's a ukulele banjo. He said, I thought some of the guests might enjoy a little music before we went to bed. Oh, how lovely. So he walked into the dining room, huge, beautiful dining room, and there were six or seven guests there. And they looked at him and they looked at me and, <laughs> and he said to them, I thought maybe some of the guests would enjoy some music. So go. I brought my banjo, my ukulele banjo, and everybody, of course, I'm, you know, right. Oh where, my goodness. They were on him uh, all over, you know, all over the place. And he sits down, and I'm sitting, and I sit down too. And we're all sitting there, you know, gaga eyed over George mm -hmm. Harrison, and, he's, and he starts playing what he called English pub tunes. <laughs> okay. And after he played a couple of English pub tunes, I said to him, George, and you could talk to this guy just like, you yeah. know, just like he was your brother. I said, George, I said, could you play any Beatles songs? <laughs> Did he play My Sweet Lord? No, he played uh, something, okay. something in the way she moved. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 It was magic. 
Yeah. It was magical. One of my favorite tunes, truly, not just of his, but one of my favorite tunes is My Sweet Lord. I just love that particular piece. Well, let's fast forward just a little bit. You ended up from Massachusetts back here in Reading and started your own... I started my own organization. Meditation? Yeah. I started my own organization, which I call Stress... In other words, I left the TM organization. Right, right, right. And I started my own organization, which I call Stress Reduction Resources. Okay. And uh, and I teach today what I call effortless meditation, mm-hmm. transcendental meditation. I couldn't use that name. It's a registered right. trademark. So, right. Uh, effortless meditation is what I... That's my mark. And I started teaching that. And... Uh, and one of the reasons that I changed my name to Stress Reduction Resources is that uh, I had gone to one of the executives at G- GPU at the time, General Public Utilities, okay. uh-huh. in, Re- in Reading. That's the power company. Yeah. Today it's known as First Energy. Okay. Okay. First Energy. First Energy bought GPU. Okay. He came into an introduction class, just like I taught in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and uh, at one point as I was talking about stress he said this sounds like it'd be perfect for my company Mm -hmm. he said stress related ailments are going through the roof Mm -hmm. and three days later he called me from work and he said and he invited me to come in to the workplace he said do we need to come to you or will you come to us people would like to know what we talked about said, because I told him, I found a way to reduce stress. And he said, and it's a mental technique. It's, it's meditation. Mm-hmm. He said, but I think it's great. It sounds great. He hadn't done it yet. Yeah. But uh, so I went in. I said, oh, I'll come to you. Mm-hmm. So I went into the workplace to their headquarters. And I gave an introduction. And he said to, in the introduction... When it got started, he said, Greg's going to talk to you about a tool. He said, I think of the meditation as a tool. And he said, and this is a tool that we can use for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And he said, and what I like about this tool, he said, I don't have to drive across town to get to a gym to use it. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I don't need any equipment. Mm-hmm. He said, I could do this in an airplane. Mm-hmm. I could do this in my car. I could do it in my office. He said, this sounds really practical. And then it got really exciting, Jane, because he said to them, and he's talking to 50 people, he said, if you want to do this, he said, we'll do it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I realized this guy meant business. So after my introduction, 40 of the 50 people said, sign me up. No kidding. 40 of the 50 people said, sign me up. And I started teaching. Everybody who I, I... teach the first session of instruction is one hour of personal instruction Mm -hmm. so i couldn't teach 40 people to meditate in one week right there's not enough hours in the day so we uh, outlined how i would do that i was and i was there practically every day for the next six months Right. Teaching people to meditate. Wow. At GPU Energy. And they told their friends, they told their family, and you right. developed a clientele from there, I would guess? Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. And, you know, the Reading Eagle. 
helped you <laughs> with their article? They saw, they called me and uh, at one point and uh, they went into GPU and interviewed people who took the yep, training. Yep, yep. This is about three pages of newspaper coverage, mm -hmm. you know, from that time. People saw this and word started spreading. I mean, I've taught this now in other, in, you know, industrial environments. And, right. Yeah. Right. And fast, it's in the community as well. Fast forward then, as a result of all of those things, plus your relationship with my friend Amy and your wife, you ended up in Boyertown at the Himalaya <laughs> Salt Cave right. recently during an open house of theirs mm -hmm. to teach them meditation as well. Now, are you continuing with that? Did you get some clients as a result of that? Or will you be soon offering to, <laughs> to offer meditation here in this community? Yeah, well... All these, these are good questions because, you know, the, the open house just happened. Right, right. You know, a, few right. Day, a few days ago. Yes, and this is, by the way, audience, this is November the 15th. And I'm not exactly sure when the episode will drop, probably into December. But let me just say that there will still be time, perhaps, for gift certificates for the holiday season to mm. learn to meditate. Effortless meditation. Right. Able to reduce stress and certainly the world certainly needs all of this now with all the i hate to say it but the suicides and su suicide ideation going through the roof young and not so young we certainly the world certainly needs something like this but talk to me a little bit about the moment or what it was in your life that you know, you were still working as an engineer, but you discovered a book that perhaps opened your mind toward a different direction. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Uh, the book that I read was called, was Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. And I remember teaching using that book as part of my teaching in Colorado back mm. in the day. But go yeah. ahead. Tell us more about the book. Well, it's a, it's a marvelous book. It's a book about a seagull, Jonathan mm -hmm. Livingston Seagull. And he was, a marvel, he was an incredible seagull because unlike his peers mm -hmm. who spent their day sitting on the beach or hunting for food, mm -hmm. he was, wanted to be an aviator. Mm -hmm. And... He just enjoyed life to the max. And all the other seagulls looked at him like he was off his rocker. Mm -hmm. And he was ostracized from the community. It sounds like was, Rudolph the red nose. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he had a, he had a great time just perfecting his flight. He was, yeah. he was just enjoying life to the max. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an environment where I thought that once I had a college degree, it was going to be a, life was going to be a bowl of cherries. You would be happy for the rest of your life. Yeah, because I had a college degree. Right. Everything would open up to me, and there I was. You worked. had a job, you had benefits, you had pension. Good had, money, yeah. making good money, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly, you'd be highly respected, and mm -hmm. you know, you'd be just really, you had it made. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it made. 
as a college graduate. I was unhappy working, you know, at the work I was doing, and you know, my wife had died. My first wife had died, mm -hmm. and I'm talking to my friend one evening, a month after her death, about this book, and I said, "Isn't it a shame that humans can't experience what John, John Jonathan Livingston Seagull did?" did. And he said, well, they can. There's so much, yeah, we can be ecstatically happy in life. And I, was, I said, really? I, <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, and just as it turns, and he gave me some books to read. Okay, yeah. And about a month, a week later, really, about a week later, he is when I called him and I said, let's go out tonight. Yeah. This was after work. Yeah. Let's go out and party. And he said, well, I'm working. And I went into this lecture that he was talking about at, at his workplace. And they were talking about meditation. Yeah. So I decided to do it. Mm -hmm. And you meditate. You had said you meditate today just like TM taught us twice mm -hmm. a day. Twice a day. Yeah. And yeah. probably in between when we're waiting at a red light or, you know, in line at the grocery store, or whatever, because your mind just goes to a deep place, I think. Yeah, you know, it's said that our mind goes to what's familiar. Now, yeah, and, you know, I think this is what attracted me about TM, was that there were, there were, um, there were scientific principles that we're in line with. Can you talk about that at all? <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I've been teaching meditation now for 45 years. And uh, yeah, so when, when we do this practice, this effortless practice, our mind gets quieter and quieter. It's just like, the, and as our mind gets quieter and quieter, our body starts to rest because our mind and body are intimately connected. Mm -hmm. Anything, it's like if we put our hands together and make, you know, link them together, our fingers together, and if you start moving your right arm, your left arm's He's moving, moving too. because of the intimate connection. Right. Well, Deepak Chopra would say our mind and our body are so intimately connected, it's difficult to say where the mind stops and the body begins. Right. Yeah. And when the mind is agitated or and the, the cortisol levels rise, rise, and, the, and our heart starts beating faster, right, right, and right, our muscles contract, Tract. and our breath gets faster, our breathing gets faster, shallower. our immune system is suppressed. Yeah, when we're under stress, our digestion is suppressed. We don't digest food well. Right, when we're under stress. I mean, if you you're having an argument. Oh, oh yes. At dinner yes. with someone and you're shoveling food in your right. in your face, you're not digesting that food well. Right. You know, so right. those are all the things that we know scientifically happen mm -hmm. as a result of stress. So when we're meditating in this way, our mind starts to get quiet, just effortlessly. I say effortless, I call it effortless meditation because I, I tell people today, if this isn't the easiest thing that you do during the day, you're doing something wrong. When you do it, we can correct that, yeah. you know, and, and help it to become completely effortless. So as our mind is getting quiet, our body 
like the two hands. So if one hand is, starts to quiet down, starts to rest, the other hand starts to rest, the arm starts to rest too. Yep. During this practice, we reach levels of rest that are deeper than sleep. And it's that deep rest that starts to heal us. Very good. Now you've been doing this for decades. You have testimonials from folks. Have you worked with folks over long periods of time? Oh yeah, yeah. And what do they tell you? They love it. I mean, you know, there's, there's people that have been doing, you know, that I've taught to meditate who have been meditating for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While I was at the Ayurvedic Center where Wayne, where Deepak Chopra came, uh, not Deepak Chopra, he was a clinical director, where uh, George Harrison came. Mm -hmm. Someone else who came was Wayne Dyer. Did you ever hear the name? Yes, I've read some of his books. Yes, yes, very yeah. inspiring. I taught him to meditate. No kidding. Right. You taught Wayne Dyer to meditate? Right. Well, you come to us with a great resume and great connections. Now, where can other people connect with you? Should they be interested yeah. in joining one of your sessions mm -hmm. or signing up for individual practice? Yeah. How can they reach you? Well, several ways they can reach me. Uh, my uh, phone, first of all, my phone number is 610-670-6700. Okay. okay. And I will put this information in the episode notes for I also have a website, okay. uh, stressreductionresources.com. Okay. They could also search on my name, gregschweitzer.com. That's S-C-H-W-E-I-T-Z-E-R. Very good. You know, I have an email address as well, but, uh, you know, phone number or email. Reach out to me. Reach out reach to out. Amy. Right. Those of my audience who know us. Right. We can get a hold of Greg in a moment's notice. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Be Inspired podcast. And you look like you have something else yet to say. Go. Wayne Dyer, we became, I'll say, friends. Okay. Not that we were bosom right, right, buddies, right. but uh, he sent me a, a, a note one time, and we've had communication back and forth. And he said to me that I was his first meditation teacher. Wow. And he said that my inspiration is what led him to have now a lifetime practice of meditation. And he's introduced meditation to millions of people. Millions of people. So I'm grateful that I've had that connection. Wow. With Wayne Dyer. Well, you certainly have not only inspired him, but I'm certain many, many people along the way. And yeah. certainly, hopefully, some of our listening audience will get in touch with you and continue to spread this inspiring technique. Great. Well, thank, thank you, you very once much. again. Thank you. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org 
or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.